What is up? Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches. Let's this out here. There we go. There we go. Now you can hear me. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing, and alongside me this week, pinch hitting once again. He's the guy we call in from the bullpen whenever we need him. Or we bring in off the bench in the 65th minute, and he can provide that uh, that quality we need at the last minute. It's Mr. Carter Hofer. Carter, how we doing? Doing good. Just missing a walkout song with an introduction like that. I know. That's what soccer is missing. I was actually thinking about this the other week. Soccer needs like walkout songs for substitutions. That would be that would be a plus. I was I was sitting in the Allianz press box, whatever the last Minnesota United game was. I think uh, Hassani Dotson or, or somebody was coming on. I was like. This is like a big moment in the match. We need like a walkout song, like like baseball does for like their closers or their relief pitchers or their hitters or something. That's the one thing that soccer is missing. And maybe, just maybe, we'll uh, start introducing some walkout songs for our uh, for our co-hosts for the podcast. We'll have to see. But anyways, in any case, we are here. This is episode 137 of the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. Thank you so much, whether you're tuning in after the fact on the podcast, after the fact on YouTube, or you're tuning in live here on patreon.com slash Soccer. We appreciate all the uh, support and uh, you know all the viewership and all the you know the content consumption that we get from you guys. It's, it's awesome. So thank you guys so much. We, of course, are presented by SodaSoccer.com. It is your home for soccer coverage in the North. Um, check us out, SOTASoccer.com. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast as well. That's actually huge. It's an algorithmic thing. That's why you hear every podcast on planet Earth say, subscribe, rate, and review. It's actually very important. So if you uh, are tuned into the podcast and you haven't left us a rating and review, we kindly ask that you do that, whether your preferred platform is Apple or Spotify. Make sure you're going there and uh, leaving us a rating and review if you could. That would be awesome. And make sure you're following us on Twitter at Soda SOC as well to get all of our uh, live reactions to when things happen. That's where we you know post the stories from the website, the podcast. That's where they go up first. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Soda SOC. And um, make sure you are subscribing to our Patreon. I mentioned the Patreon. It's you know if you are a Patreon subscriber, you can tune in live to the podcast. But you also get some really cool like tidbits over the course of the week. That's where we put training notes from when we go to Minnesota United training. We have a live blog that we uh, put up there during every Minnesota United match. It's where we put the, the audio that we get from Adrian Heath or whoever the player is that we talk to at training. You can kind of kind of be in those media scrums, if you will, and actually get the audio from those conversations up on our Patreon. So a lot of cool things for our patrons, but it also is the lifeblood of what we do. It, is, it supports our work. It directly supports what we're doing. It allows us to pay our content contributors it allows us to just be sustainable moving forward so if you like what we're doing whether it's the podcast whether it's the website whether it's the newsletter whether it's any or all of it um please if you could lend us your support for as low as three dollars a month gets you in on our patreon um that would be huge patreon.com slash soda soccer and we have a little challenge on patreon this month and we're five patrons away from hitting our goal so if you're not a patron maybe you've been on the fence um I kindly ask you to kind of take this challenge with us, help us reach our goal for the month of April to continue to be sustainable and continue to be able to do what we do for you guys, the Minnesota United and Minnesota soccer fans who want this content, who need this content. Make sure you're subscribing and supporting what we do. Again, five patrons away from our goal. We would love to get that before the end of the month, which is Sunday, actually. So five more patrons by Sunday. I think we can do it. Patreon.com slash soccer. Subscribe for as low as $3 a month. 
Okay, with all that out of the way, Carter, what do you say we get into these headlines? Let's get it. All right. Um, it's, you know, this is the third straight week we start off with some not so great news. Minnesota United fall once again, uh, fall once again in Seattle, one uh, 0 It's their third straight loss this season, but also their eighth straight non-result in Seattle since uh, since entering MLS in 2017. It was Albert Rusnak with the winner in the 79th minute after the Loons couldn't really clean up a poke clearance from Mickey Tapias off a set piece or off a cross at least. Um, but I mean, lineup wise, Heath has preached wanting consistency from his lineup, wanting consistency from his guys. And, you know, we're starting to see that he feels he has the pieces in place to do that. Now, whether we agree on where those pieces are being plugged in, that's a totally different thing. But I think all in all, I have said this for the last three years on this podcast and continuity does breed success at some level. The more you can get the same guys in the same spots, time in and time out, that has been an aspect of Minnesota United that I think has really played into their four consecutive playoff appearances. Guys know exactly what their role is. They know exactly where they're going to be, you know, whether it's off the bench, whether it's in the starting 11. It's 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 very, once Heath finds his, his lineup, he sticks with that lineup come hell or high water. Um, and that's what we're starting to see with this one. It's the 4-2-3-1, look from Heath, same as Orlando, Sangben at the 10. Load on the right, Bongi on the left, Garcia up top. The only change was kind of a forced one. Kamar Lawrence has been away dealing with a family health issue in Jamaica. Um, so obviously all the best to him and his family. Um, so Zarek Valentin, who slotted in at right back, and DJ Taylor um, moved over to the left. Um, Carter, considering it didn't necessarily work out in their favor in Orlando, were you surprised at all to see the same lineup here against Seattle? I mean, no, like you said, he loves his consistency. He likes running out the same thing. So even if I personally might think that things should have been shifted around and I think that we should move away from the four, two, three, one, I wasn't surprised to see it rolled out the same way. And I wouldn't have been surprised to see us catch a result with it. It's not like the four, two, three, one with all the people that we have rocking in it is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's something that's absolutely holding us back. There's always the possibility of, catching points, catching wins with it. So I can understand he's just bearing down, really twisting it in a little bit more and just going for it, even if we might not like it. Yeah. I mean, he's, and he's going to, Heath is going to stick with what he feels is best. Right now, if somebody's not performing, he will, he is quick to sort of slot in somebody else and kind of give somebody Mm -hmm. else a try. But as far as formation wise and the pieces he feels are in the right spots, he is a little, I wouldn't call it stubborn, but it's kind of that, it's kind of like the same personality, a similar personality trait where it is a little bit of, Hey, these are my guys. These are their spots. You know, unless they really give me a reason to switch away from this, I'm not going to switch away from this. So um, we shall see after three straight losses, kind of how things look moving forward. I would, I would feel we probably roll out the same lineup against, uh, against FC Dallas, but We'll talk about that match a little bit later. Uh, Will Trapp was also out in this one with a hamstring issue that he picked up a knock late in the week with his hamstring. It seems more precautionary than anything. Um, but looking at this match, you know, aside, we're not really going to get into the play-by-play. We talked about the Albert Rusnak goal. That was really it for either team in this match. It was very well defensively played on both sides. It was rainy. It was not a very good pitch environment for this one as well. Um, Only 0.52 XG for Minnesota, but get this, Carter, only 0.05 XG in the second half for the Loons. That's pretty rough. Um, As I mentioned, though, defensively, things were good. I mean, we kind of got this a similar defensive performance that we've seen from this team when they're at their best all season. 
29 clearances, 15 interceptions, six block shots. Clint Irwin made three saves. Um, but in the attack is really where they fell short. Nine shots, four on target. Only one accurate cross the entire match. And when you think about how much this team relies on overlapping play from their fullbacks and getting balls into the box, to have only one accurate cross the entire match, that is never going to work in this team's favor. No, absolutely not. Um, and real quick, I think you said Clint Irwin. You're getting a little ahead of yourself, Jeremy. DSC oh, played. Sorry, Dane Sinclair. Yeah, made, yeah, sorry. Sinclair with, with the saves. Clint Irwin was um, in the match. Sorry. They're, they're, this is the first time we've had two matches to break down on the podcast. So I'm sorry. They're kind of running together. You'll get there. Um, but no, absolutely. If we're going to, the way that we rely on our fullbacks, we want them forward. We want them putting balls in the box. We want something to kind of happen from all these overlapping runs, making space. And the best way to measure that is these accurate crosses, getting balls into the box. And if we're only putting one up, Something is clearly not happening the way that it should, whether that's the overlap isn't working in the way that it should, whether they're not getting space to fire off those crosses, in which case maybe we need to focus going up the middle a little more. If we're just not putting them where they should be, which I think might be a little bit more of the problem. Because yep. I've been seeing a lot, of, a lot of these crosses just fly over the entire box or get cleared by that first defender. And that's, that's very bad for an offense. That's something that is going to kill any sort of momentum that you have it's going to make scoring goals incredibly difficult if you can't find your own players yeah i mean and that's also in this one particularly a byproduct of having to move dj taylor to the left a right-footed player Mm -hmm. having to send in left-footed crosses that's never really going to work out uh in your favor there either um loons again now pointless in eight outings at lumen field since joining mls so there's that as well um should we be taking much away from this it's in seattle conditions were a little eh um this team never gets a gets a point in seattle so why start now um but it is now three straight losses is is this something that i mean what's the what's the panic level at right now with you carter with this with this it's rising it's It's rising rising. i think in an isolated world yes we lost at seattle it seems to happen all the time. Eventually we'll get over the hump. That's not necessarily the worrying part. The worrying part is more that we're not really doing anything in the last three matches. We lost at home to Orlando. We lost to Chicago off of a Kai Kamara brace. Uh, and then we lose in the 80, 80th, 82nd minute to Seattle in the game that we were doing very well defensively. And I think there's only so much that you can do to rely on your defense. Like in the past two games, we weren't able to, the other team scored two goals. We really need to ramp it up offensively. The defense did their job at Seattle. They held them to one goal. And I think it was an unlucky goal at that. You could talk about ball watching, but it was a really quick clearance, a really quick shot on that goal. Yep. So 50, 50 on it. That's something we could have even stopped, but in games like that, you have to score something. You have to help your defense out. If you want a point, you need to put something away. That And that's still the question. It seems it's the question we're continuously asking with this team year after year, month after month, game after game. Where are the goals going to come from? You have two DP strikers who are not producing. You have a new attacker who you're putting at the 10, but I mean, looking at his transfer market and, and looking at mm-hmm. different profiles on FB ref and things like that, he hasn't really played the 10 very much. So it's, there's a question of why he's being placed at the 10. Um, there's just, uh, there's a lot of, of, things when you look at this attack there's a lot of questions 
there's really no answers at this point. There's still a lot of questions. And now you're talking about potentially trying to bring in another striker in the summer. I mean, it's just, it's, it's another, and we'll talk, maybe we can talk about the, the transfer deadline stuff in a minute, but it's just, it's an issue that Minnesota has never figured out. And I don't think they're going to figure it out this year. I've said time and time again, if they're going to have success this year, it's going to be kind of 2019-esque where it's going to be you just do everything you possibly can in the defense to keep the other team off the board and you hope and pray that you find a goal somehow, some way. That's that's how, that's what it is. That's more or less what they did in Seattle. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that the best product for success or the best recipe for success is necessarily kind of letting same Ben loose at, at the 10, like you did at Emmanuel Reynoso. There has to be more, more res- defensive responsibilities there. There has to be more collective defending like we've seen this season. If they can do that, they will probably do enough to get into, get into the playoffs purely based off their defensive quality, but it's also not going to necessarily solve the attacking issue that this team has had year after year after year in terms of finding goals and finding strikers that can produce goals at a consistent rate. So it is what it is. I know it's not necessarily the most, um, uh, most, most best thing to look forward to for Minnesota United fans for this season. Like, Hey, if this team's going to make the playoffs, it's going to be winning very, very ugly. But at the same time, that's kind of how this team is, is looking without Emmanuel Reynoso. And honestly, I don't necessarily disagree with that being the best path to success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you may not be willing to say it, but I'll say it. The reason that saying Ben's playing the tennis is because he's a stubborn. I don't think that we have – I don't think that we can have anyone that can play the 10. And I think if we have someone that does, it should probably be Lude. I don't think that we should be running a saying Ben out there. Um, 2019, you're absolutely right. I'm going to take this as Miguel Tapias is the next coming of Ike Opara. So we're going to cross our fingers on that one. He's looking pretty good and so far. He has been. He's been playing lights out. It's amazing to watch him. That makes me happy. I love a good defense, don't you? Yes, absolutely. And you know the the defensive midfield pairings, whether it's Chapa and Ariaga or Dotson and Ariaga. Uh, I think Dotson and Trapp have maybe been out there once or twice as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that they've all been solid as well. Mm-hmm. They've done what they've needed to do in the defensive half of the pitch, save the Chicago match. That was the one real breakdown we have seen defensively from this team. Um, but you're, you're going to have those time and time again. 34 matches, you're going to have a match or two where you just don't quite put it together. But at the yeah. same time, I think it's still it's still the attacking half of the pitch that is going to be the biggest question. It's not even going to be can they start scoring goals at a rate similar to some of the better attacking teams in the league? It's just going to be simply, can they score enough goals to get results? That's really what it comes down to for Minnesota this season. They're not going to solve the issue. I I love Mender Garcia. He might be a great core piece for this team in the long term. He is not going to score 15 goals this year. He's just not. Luis Samaria probably won't even get to, to eight at this point. Uh, you know, it's just, it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be very grinded out. The goals they get from open play are going to be very similar to all the goals they've gotten from open play so far this season, including in the Detroit match. It's going to be based purely off effort. It's going to base purely off being in around the goal to get a rebound or get a cross or get something where you can just sort of chip the ball in the back of the net, um, in a way it's not going to be pretty, but it's going to be how this team has to do it because they are not good enough in the attack to find pretty Galasso sports center, top 10 MLS goal of the week type goals. I, I doubt they'll be on that list at all. Any of those lists at all this season. 
for goals. They're going to have to just grind it out and be grimy in the attack and be in fine ways, any way, any way they possibly can to put a ball in the back of the net. You know, I don't even necessarily see this team scoring multiple goals in many matches this season. So that is what it is, but the way this team is currently structured, that's going to be how they, how they win matches. Anyways, let's move on to Detroit city. Now Uh, they advance to the U S open cup fourth round to the loons with a three to one comeback win in Detroit. The hosts, though, the USL Championship side, took the lead just five minutes in, thanks to thanks to uh, Yazid Matthews. It was a bad giveaway from Minnesota. Nobody then presses the ball. It's Devin Amumenza who finds Matthews, who slides one by Clint Irwin uh, really nicely from outside the 18, and Detroit takes the lead. Um, it, people were obviously were getting major flashbacks after this goal from the to the Union Omaha match last year, where they were ousted, I believe, in the round of 32. Um, in this competition, but the loons do find their footing. Fragapane equalizes in the 60th. Thanks to a really nice pass in the box from Rosales, um, who I don't know why he's not getting more time on the pitch in regular league matches. Personally, uh, Rosales uh, Fraga then gets a, uh, in this sequence, sorry, Fraga gets the first touch, then gets it back from just outside the six and he finishes just three minutes later. It's Emmanuel Iwe getting his first professional goal as his left foot is shot inside the box, sort of nutmegs the defender. And I think it catches the defender's heel. It comes up really weird after it goes to the bad, but it does end up beating the keeper either way to give the loons the lead. And then in the 66th, so three goals in six minutes here, uh, St. Ben John gets, uh, gets a corner. And this ball bounces around, finding Amaria, and the striker shot deflects in to seal the W. Three goals, six minutes, only 70% passing in this one, though, for the Loons. Only 58% tackles won. They were outdueled across the board, more or less outplayed for a, a large portion of this match against the USL Championship side. But in this competition, it's all about surviving and advancing. You'll take a win any way you can get it. I know they played a few uh, depth, depth pieces in this one, a few MNUFC2 players. Um, he said after the match, you know, being on the road, being that the turf is like 25 years old or whatever. He mentioned how old the turf was. I don't know how much that plays into what the, the result at all. Um, but uh, look, not a, not a great performance. But at the same time, in, the, in a cup competition, you just want your team to advance. And they were able to do that. Yeah, I think if you're a Minnesota United fan, you don't look at this game and you're like, that was a good game. No. You can look at the scoreline. You can go, that's a good scoreline. You can look at the fact that we won and we advanced. I'm like, that's good. We didn't play well. No. I I had it on in the background uh, when it was live, and then I watched it over again last night. And it's just – I just don't understand how we won, if I'm being entirely honest. A few yeah. moments of brilliance put the ball in the net three times luck I a good amount of luck a lot of luck Detroit probably could have scored one or two more if they had been the luckier side I could yeah. have absolutely seen that happening especially after that first half I I know that uh you and David talked this weekend about how we don't like to play with the ball um and that absolutely makes sense I agree with that we play really well without it do we do we really not want the ball against Detroit City though yeah. we were out possessed severely in the first half and I would I would hope and I assume you would hope and I assume most Minnesota United fans would hope that we can outpossess and just outplay a USL championship side yeah when you're when you're an MLS team playing a lower division side that does not the the way to success there no matter what kind of team you are is not to sit back and counter 
against yeah. uh against the lower division side you want to assert your dominance you want to assert yourself in the game you want to i mean to use a, a a kind of a brutal term here you want to put your foot on the neck like you want mm-hmm. to absolutely you know take any hope that this team has of winning out of the equation early that is how you avoid upsets that's how you avoid close calls like this um sitting back and countering and getting out possessed against detroit city is not how you're going to move on in this tournament if you are to play another lower division side um in the next round and there are quite a few to choose from so they could uh potentially play another lower division team but I, I, mm-hmm. as you guys are listening to this you guys probably know who they're going to play in the next round because the draw is thursday evening and you guys are listening on friday but again survive in advance is it a performance worth uh gloating over or being happy over absolutely not but at the same time um, I think you can kind of as a Loons fan with the lineup and kind of all the factors, maybe compartmentalize this from what's happening in league play. And I don't necessarily think this adds any more doubt or obviously any extra confidence to how this team is going to perform in league play. I mean, it might, it might bring in a little more doubt because even we did play that counterattacking and I didn't see any good counterattacking throughout the game either. No, we couldn't, we can't string anything together and it's just, it makes me wonder what is what is happening. Why can't the offense just find each other? Because mm-hmm. we're making good runs. I see Hong Wane getting just up the field past these people. I see Song Bin absolutely making these runs, getting past defenders and finding passes. Mm-hmm. And people just aren't arriving where they need to be arriving. So I don't know what is causing those issues. But it's weird that we're seeing them after the season we had last season was Ray really pulling that many strings at the same time. Mm-hmm. He might've been, he might've been. Um, but now we do look ahead to Sunday night matchup back in league play against FC Dallas at Allianz field. Uh, Loons obviously picked up a one nil win in Frisco on February 25th. Dallas has been four, two and two since opening night coming off a three to one loss at NYC FC this past Saturday they currently sit fourth in the Western Conference. Uh, the good for Dallas, Jesus Ferreira. He comes in with five goals on the season in really good form. The bad, only one clean sheet kept through nine matches for Dallas so far. Um, the interesting for Dallas, despite Ferreira's form, Dallas just 16th in the league in expected goals. So, you know, only one clean sheet, not many expected goals. They seem to be outperforming uh, their XG in the attack a little bit. A few other stats on Dallas, 17th in shot, 17th in shots on target per match, 24th in accurate long balls, 5th in accurate crosses, 29th in possession one in the final third, and 1st in yellow cards uh, are FC Dallas coming into this one. So it could be a chippy one, but obviously this, this might be a bit of a different FC Dallas team than Minnesota played. And I think, for better or worse, it's definitely a different Minnesota United team than FC Dallas played on opening night. Yeah, I mean, it's a very different Minnesota United team. We'll see if it's a good different. Hopefully we can replicate that result and finally get a result at home. A nice yeah, win, how about a win for the fans. How about, how about Wonderwall? I would love to hear Wonderwall. I don't want it to wait as long as it did last season because last season also took quite a bit for us to get a Wonderwall. So yep. hopefully okay. we can take advantage of the fact that they're not really keeping these clean sheets. Hopefully we can maybe put a few goals away for the fans. Yep. Finally, just like get back on track, you know? <laughs> yes, that would be nice. And I would, I think the way the path to success there is be much better in your crossing. Um, having saying Ben really play two way 
play a two-way 10 role where he is really helping out in the defense, but also doing his part in the attack as well. Um, I think, assuming it's Longwani and Lud, them tracking back on defense is going to be very important, um, especially if hopefully we get a lot of overlapping play, whether it's Kamar Lawrence or DJ Taylor on the left, whether it's Zarek Valentin or DJ Taylor on the right. Um, Overlapping play from them, tracking back, taking your opportunities to finishing the damn ball, putting the ball in the back of the net. They were not short of chances against Orlando. Dom and I talked about this at length last week. They had plenty of opportunities. And being a team like Minnesota United, you're not going to necessarily generate you know, double-digit opportunities in a match. That's not in the attack how you, how you operate, right? That's not how you're structurally put together in 2023. So that places far more importance on taking your chances, taking those opportunities. So we'll see if Minnesota can sort of wake up and uh, and finish the opportunities they're given against Dallas, considering Dallas has had some defensive woes this season. They are largely have been good, again, sitting fourth in the West. Um, some good results since the Minnesota United match, obviously. Uh, but there is an opportunity for Minnesota to maybe break through here. And uh, they're defensively, they're going to have a lot of confidence for what they were able to do against Dallas on opening night. They really kept that front line at bay um, and didn't didn't give them much the entire match. So it's going to be, they're going to have to do that again defensively. And then they're going to have to really be keyed in on being clinical in the final third in the attack if they're going to win this one. Um, kickoff, 8 p.m. Central time on MLS season pass. Again, so that's Sunday night, not Saturday night. Um, it's uh, Steve Congelosi and Taylor Twelman on the call. And Post Loons will be live following the final whistle with Jacob Schneider and Matthew Johnson over on our YouTube channel. So again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're already subscribed. If you are listening to the podcast and you're like, oh, I've I've listened to Post Loons. Maybe I want to get involved in the show live. Head over to our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com, search Soda Soccer, subscribe to the channel, and you'll be notified when Post Loons goes live following Minnesota United FC Dallas on Sunday. Carter, any thoughts on this one from your end? We're just going to need to keep it up defensively. I mean, Dallas, maybe just 16th in expected goals. They have a lot of talent on the team. Ferreira, Velasco, Areola, Pomacol. They have these bigger names. They went, they intentionally retooled their offense after their playoff run last season. They wanted to score more. So eventually those guys are going to gel and it's going to become a little bit more dangerous. And we just need to be prepared for that and make sure that it doesn't start against us. There you go. All right. We will be back with lower league news in just a second. MNUFC 2 on a skid of their own. Uh, Minnesota Super Cup announcing some big news for their 2024 campaign. And much more signings from Minneapolis City, Minnesota, Aurora all coming up. But first, let's shout out our friends at Galasso Kits. G-O-L-A-C-O Kits.com. Look, I don't need to necessarily like preview this a lot. I just want to tell you, go to GalassoKits.com. That's just A1. Just just go to GalassoKids.com. The rest will take care of itself. But if you're not on GalassoKids, maybe you're in the car, you're listening, you're in a place where maybe you can't visit the website. Let me tell you what you're going to find when you go to GalassoKids.com. You're going to find a humongous selection of unique and vintage soccer jerseys. I'm not talking about the 2023 Minnesota United Northern Lights kit. I'm not talking about anything that's been put out over the last couple of years. I'm talking about vintage jerseys, unique kits from any Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, MLS, NASL, USL, national team. Just search 
for whatever you might want at GolassoKits.com. Search the name of the team, and I guarantee you, you will find something. If you are a Manchester City fan and you are just buzzing after their win over Arsenal on, uh, I believe that was Wednesday, hit up GolassoKits.com, search Man City. You'll find something there for you. If you're a Tottenham fan buzzing after the Arsenal loss to Manchester City, go ahead and search Tottenham at ColossoKids.com. If you're an Everton fan like me and you're just hoping and praying that we get some sort of results against Newcastle on Thursday afternoon and you maybe want to just send all the good vibes the Toffees way, search Everton at ColossoKids.com. I promise you, you will find something you like no matter which team or club you support. Uh, there's U.S. men's national team stuff there. There's there's a lot of different national teams as well in addition to the club stuff. So, again, G-O-L-A-C-O-Kids.com and use code LOONS, L-O-O-N-S, at checkout for 15% off. Big thanks to our friends at ColossoKids.com for supporting what we're doing at Soda Soccer. Carter, how how, how do you feel after the Arsenal-Man City match? I'm just going to throw that your way. I mean, it's... There's a lot of schadenfreude in that. I kind of like watching Arsenal just bottle the league after watching them all over Twitter, all the fans. Like, obviously, yeah. it sucks that Man City's going to win again. Uh, but there's a lot of schadenfreude in that. Yes. It also, you going through those list of teams, it made me realize how in the mud the Soda Soccer fans are of their Premier League teams. We have oh, Chelsea, yeah. we have Tottenham, we have Everton, we are... We have West Ham. We have Newcastle. We, you know, we, oh. we got we got some we got some teams that are down and up uh, in the league. But uh, Newcastle fan. Uh, actually, I can't. Somebody, somebody is somebody on Twitter because okay. uh, somebody's been talking crap to me on Twitter about Newcastle Everton this afternoon. And then there was somebody after Newcastle beat Tottenham six one was like going crazy. I can't remember who it was. Anyways, but if you're if you're the Newcastle fan on Minnesota United Twitter, uh, hit us up and we'll we'll give you a proper shout out. Uh, next week but uh yeah look i'm i'm all for embrace chaos so the fact that arsenal has kind of bottled this and now it's it's very interesting down the stretch i'm all for at the same time man city has been there so many freaking times and it's been a while since arsenal has been there like this is Mm kind of like um it's kind of like the yankees like like nobody likes the yankees but if it's yankees astros in the american league championship series or whatever like you're probably going to root for the Yankees because the Astros have just been there so freaking much lately, right? It's like, yes, the Yankees are the traditional hated team, but it's just been so long since they've been there. You almost kind of like are going to root for them over a team that's been there a lot lately. So that's kind of my my comparison for Arsenal Man City there, but I don't I don't see uh, I don't see Arsenal coming back from that. Mm-mm. Anyways, that's our that's our uh Premier League chat for the day. We're not going to bring up Everton Newcastle. Um we can we can talk about it. Yes, you know, sure, sure. Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, all right, M and UFC 2. We will talk about them. Uh, 5-2 loss at Vancouver Whitecaps 2 on Sunday night. This was a very impacted lineup, though, for the Dubloons. Um, no Emmanuel Iwe, no Britton Fisher, no Tanya Luache, no Devin Paddleford. Um, four big-time contributors for this, for this M and UFC 2 team out because they were on Open Cup duty with Minnesota United. Up. It was Patrick Wea, though, sort of taking advantage of this opportunity, getting his first start of the year, scored just 15 minutes in off a of Diego Pacheco corner. So that's good to get him in some good form as he's he's recovering from an ACL injury. He's he's on the way back and getting some really good minutes to build his confidence in M and UFC two with a 
Minnesota United front line, that is up for grabs right now. That starting spot up top for Minnesota United is absolutely up for grabs. If Patrick Weah can put some really prime performances together and you know really sort of make a statement at the MLS Next Pro level, there's, I mean, I can't imagine he wouldn't be given a shot to, to do the same at the first team level. So this is going to be a huge couple months for Patrick Weah here to see if he can assert himself. But he starts off good with a goal 15 minutes into his first start on Sunday. Uh, Vancouver ties it up in the 25th, takes the lead in the 38th before Pacheco buries a free kick just before halftime to equalize things. But the second half was all caps. Uh, hashtag all caps. Uh, three unanswered goals to give them the win and give MNUFC two their second straight loss. That's the fifth of six straight road matches for MNUFC two to start this season because they haven't taken down the dome and uh, in mm. blank yet. The weather hasn't been nice enough. Um, the Dubloons wrap up their six match road trip on Friday night, taking on Mountain View's own Micah Burton and Austin FC two at 8 p.m. Central Time on MLS Season Pass. Lower league news. Carter, I'm going to let you take this one. So before the inaugural competition kicks off next weekend, the Minnesota Super Cup announces expansion and a qualifying pathway for its 2024 tournament. Carter, what more can you tell us about this? Yeah, so obviously some big news coming from that. Uh, just a week and a day from kickoff for the opening competition. Yeah. Um, so what's happening is that they are expanding the tournament. They're going from six teams to eight teams in 2024. Um and they have uh, clarified how that qualification is going to happen. Obviously, this year, I feel like it was a little bit more uh, reaching out to teams, seeing who would be interested. And they got people, and they got some good teams, obviously. Everybody loves Minneapolis City, St. Croix, Duluth, Laura. Everyone that's in the tournament is going to be a good team. Yep. Um, but they clarified how entry is going to work for next year, and it's going to be based off of sporting merit. They're going for total points within the leagues and then each league has a specific number of teams that are going to be um, taken from said league. So for example, USL two is going to get two entries next year, which leaves uh, Minneapolis city, St. Croix and Rochester FC fighting for those two spots. The NPSL has two spots going in. Uh, the UPSL has one and the last next has one. Um, and something that I learned after posting that article yesterday is that MLS next actually does have, to Minnesota-based teams if you look at their U19s rather than their MLS2. So it'll be interesting to see if um, they're going to go based off of MLS2 and just give it to Minnesota United, or if they're going to go off the U19 standings where Chautauqua St. Mary is actually above uh, the MNUFC U19s right now in the standings. Um, and then after that, the final two spots are going to be rounded out by the MASL Division One, which gets an entry and the newly introduced Minnesota Super Cup Open Qualifier, which gets an entry. Wow. So what the That's Open cool. Qualifier is, um, any team that is uh, within good standing with and is a sanctioned league with the Minnesota Soccer Association can uh, submit and register themselves for this Open Qualifier. And from there, it's just like the Open Cup. It's a good old knockout tournament. Going to go round to round until there's only one team left. And they're going to get to play against the big boys of Minnesota soccer. That's pretty exciting. That I think is the coolest part of all this is it really does open it up to any team who wants to be part of this competition and wants to sort of play their way in and take it seriously and ensure that all their best players are going to be available and all that good stuff. By having this sort of open qualifier and having to play your way in, you're sort of assuring that these teams are going to be all in on this as well, because that is the biggest hurdle in putting a tournament like this together. It's not necessarily finding quality teams to put together. It's finding teams that can 
field squads consistently for these tournaments that can, you know, make the the trips necessary if they're not going to be at their home field to go on the road and participate in these tournaments. It, it's it's those logistical aspects that are really the biggest hurdles. But by kind of putting this open qualifier in there and making teams play their way in, you're kind of assuring that they're going to be they're going to be kind of all in and, and wanting to take advantage of this opportunity. So very, very cool. So, I mean, the 2023 tournament is already exciting enough. I think it's a really mm-hmm. good move by the super cup to announce these 2024 editions before the 2023 tournament, because it just continues to um, roll that snowball of excitement and looking forward and like, Oh, this is pretty interesting sort of down that hill as the 2023 tournament gets closer. So again, it does kick off next Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, it's uh, MNUFC U19s against Minneapolis City at Augsburg College. Uh, very cool. Um, I will be there, and it's going to be a lot of fun to kick off the uh, Minnesota Super Cup. All right. Any word on if? Sorry, go ahead. Any word on if Soda Soccer is going to be putting together a team for the Open Qualifiers? Oh my gosh, we'll we'll have we'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll do some tryouts. You know, we can't just let anybody on the team. You know, we got to make sure there's a high quality there's high quality stuff going on here. So uh, maybe, maybe just maybe, probably not though. Uh, (laughs) uh, Minnesota Aurora announced a couple big signings so first one Ole Miss soccer forward Brendan Mullaney and then uh, maybe the most marquee signing of the summer coming in uh, in the name of Kennedy Faulkner she's a UCLA alum recently played center back for Canberra United in the Australian A-League she's actually in 2015 she became the youngest center back ever to play for the Canadian national team when she was just 16 years old. I'm not talking about the Canadian U19s, not talking about U20s, Canadian top level senior national team. She uh, appeared for them at just 16 years of age. So obviously, I mean, Aurora have put together such a who's who in, at this level of soccer for their 2023 season, a really bolstering roster, but to kind of round it out or to kind of, uh, spotlight it with this big of a signing. Brendan Brendan Mullaney is a big signing in her own right, but to have somebody with Canadian national team experience, with Australian A League experience, um, it was played at UCLA, which is one of the best women's soccer programs in the entire country. Um, that's that's a huge get for this club. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a Minnesota Aurora fan, you have to be excited about where the season's going. You yep. you have to be thinking, yeah, we're going to the final again this year, bar any sort of problems. Forget and going to the final. Yeah. It's it's championship or bust. I we're feel winning like. this time. Yeah. No, that's absolutely the aim. That's absolutely the goal, and that's what we're all expecting from them. They are putting it together. They're going to win this thing. Yeah, they're they're putting together a roster capable of doing that. That is for sure. Um, Aurora also announced returning coaches Jen Larrick and Cassie Ulrich. Um, and then Minneapolis City at the USL2 level announced the return of Captain Aiden O'Driscoll because they have to have at least one O'Driscoll on their team. Uh, they lost Rory to uh, MNUFC2, so obviously you got to keep Aiden on the team to keep that O'Driscoll train going. Um, the captain does return for 2023. And they also signed Minneapolis Native and Northwestern University. Now, this is not Northwestern St. Paul. This is Northwestern University in the Big Ten, uh, Northwestern. Um, he uh, Darley Florville is his, is his name. He's from Minneapolis, plays at Northwestern University in the Big Ten at the D1 level. So a big signing for them in their own right. And then uh, elsewhere in USL2, Rochester FC have signed UW Green Bay attacker Jake Parrish. He's also played for the U21 National Premier League Champions in Australia. 
And uh, so that's a big, that's a big get for Rochester is they try to, you know, they try, they want to make an impression here in the first year do Rochester, right? You don't want to start your USL league two campaign sitting near the bottom of the table, kind of floundering a little bit. You really want to solidify yourself as, as a team that's going to be very, very difficult to play against and very, very difficult to get a result against right off the bat. And uh, Rochester have done a great job of that with the, some of the signings they put together both locally and nationally. And speaking of Rochester, congrats to them. They won the USL League 2 Best New Crest competition on Twitter. Um, very, very worthy of it, too. I remember the first time I saw Rochester's New Crest, I was like, that is clean. That is a good-looking uh, good looking logo, good-looking branding uh, ahead of their League 2 and W League uh, seasons this year. So um, congrats to them. Um, but, Carter, let's go now to the UPSL Midwest West because that is uh, kicking off this weekend. As, uh, as we record here on Thursday. And the managers have released their preseason rankings. Now, we're, we haven't really made any predictions in our own right because there are so many new teams and it's very tough to get a gauge on what's going to happen in this conference this year. But I believe the managers' preseason, preseason rankings do hold some weight there. These are guys who have been in this conference for a while, who have seen these teams, not only their own teams, but other teams. So here's how the preseason rankings uh, shook out as far as the managers' preseason poll went. Vlora, number one, no surprise. Minneapolis City Futures, number two, no surprise. Uh, but here's where it gets interesting. You have St. Paul Blackhawks at three, St. Croix at four, FC Minneapolis at five. That's surprising to see them that far down. Um, Newcomer Superior City at six, Austin Villa, seventh, Worthington Community, eighth, Granite City, ninth, Maplebrook, tenth, and Twin City FC rounding out the rankings at 11th. And looking ahead at the week one schedule on Saturday, you have FC Minneapolis hosting St. Paul Blackhawks and Maplebrook 58ers hosting Worthington Community. And how's this for an opening week up matchup, Carter? One and two in the preseason rankings squaring off Vlora and Minneapolis City in Burnsville on Sunday. If you're looking for like a little primer to uh, MNUFC FC Dallas, or maybe MLS isn't your jam, maybe you don't have tickets, maybe it's too late for you, whatever, but you still want to go see some soccer on Sunday. Vlora and Minneapolis City Futures. That is going to be a match to watch out for in Burnsville. And then uh, Grant City hosts St. Croix on Sunday. And then the first weekend slate is rounded out with Twin City FC hosting Superior City. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun, Carter. Lower League Soccer getting kicked off. The summer really getting started here this weekend with the start of this conference. Plenty of new teams. Um, it's going to be exciting to see how this all kind of shakes out as the season wears on. Yeah, lower league soccer is just, it's always so refreshing when it gets started and you get to watch it over and over again just throughout the season and just kind of fill your week with soccer. Um, like you said, that Vlora Minneapolis City game is going to be great. It's always a blast. They have such a wonderful atmosphere with both of those teams and they're so committed to it. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens and just watch this league kind of take shape throughout the season and see where any of these teams end up because it's pretty open. It is. It is pretty open. And that's something that I think is it just adds to that excitement level. It just adds to that sort of um, appeal to it, right? You know, when there's parody and when there's, hey, this could go either way, that just makes it so much more fun and so much more intriguing. And I like that we're getting that in the UPSL Midwest West this year. All right. So let's look ahead now to the odds for Minneapolis city or excuse me, Minneapolis city. No, just got to talk. Hey. They got to get back up. Got to put my MLS hat back on here. Well, uh, hey, Rob we're Lowe. sports betting on UPSL. Yeah. I'm ready. Got, I'll commit. Got to find the Rob Lowe MLS 
baseball cap to put on here. Okay, we're good. Um, all right, Minnesota United and FC Dallas. FC Dallas, actually the underdogs coming into this one. Um, plus, 90, plus 195. Um, Minnesota United, though, not very favored either. Um, they're still on the plus side of the odds. So you you get, you win more than you bet either way when you're betting Minnesota United or FC Dallas. And I believe the over under, if I'm looking here, is at probably two and a half. Uh, yeah, two and a half. So over under two and a half or Minnesota United or FC Dallas to win. Which one are you taking here, Carter? I think the safest choice with how Dallas has been playing defensively with how we've been playing um, just a little off the, off the cusp. I think that taking the under two and a half might be where it is. Even if Dallas isn't necessarily keeping those clean sheets, I think that they keep us under two. And I think that we keep Dallas under two. So I think that two goals is definitely kind of the maximum here. So I'm going to go with that under two and a half. I'm, I'm going to do my part to sort of sprinkle some good, good juju Minnesota United's way here. I'm picking Minnesota United to win. And here's why. I'm not sold on FC Dallas. I have been bearish on FC Dallas all season long. They really have yet to prove me right. They have a couple of impressive wins, but for the most part, they're not finding a second goal still in any of their matches. Three to one, really lopsided loss in NYCFC this past weekend. Um, you have Minnesota coming in on the confidence that they won in week one at Frisco. Um, saying Ben's third start back, um, presumably. Um, I have to think he sort of finds some form. I have to think the great service that he's putting in the box off of corner kicks or he's going to pay off at some point. It did pay off at some level against Detroit City. But uh, you have to think that just statistically, if he's putting Mm -hmm. good service in, one of them has to end up in the back of the net, right? So I think that chicken comes home to roost in this one. I'm going 2-1 Minnesota United. uh, So I'm picking Minnesota United to win straight up. Whether you're picking Minnesota United, whether you're picking FC Dallas, whether you're picking the over or the under, go to betteredge.com to to, uh, to place that right now. B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash loons. When you sign up at that link or use our code loons at sign up, you get $20 in your account, which means you can use that to bet on Minnesota United, FC Dallas. You can use that to enter our uh, week 10 now. It's week 10, right? Week 10 pick them competition. Maybe week 11. Maybe week 10 or week 11. Whatever. Anyway. We're running together. Yeah. Enter our MLS Pick'em Contest um, at Better Edge as well. Again, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com slash loons. Gets you $20 in your account. Big thanks to our friends over at Better Edge. Carter, we have come to the end of the episode. Any uh, any last words for the fine people out there? Yes, yes. I have a desperate plea to our listeners. Please tell us what you think your favorite player's walkout song would be. Ooh, that's a good one. Your fa- So... If the in in the case that they start playing walkout songs for substitutions for minutes for for soccer matches, what would you want either your walkout song to be if you were a player, or what song sort of you think closely aligns with your favorite player? That's that's a good question. I like that. Hit us up. We'll send that out on Twitter uh, as well. You can reply to that, or just reply here in the comments on YouTube. We appreciate it. All right. Whether you're listening to the podcast, whether you're watching after the fact on YouTube or whether you are consuming this live on Patreon, thank you guys so much for all your support. If you could kind of take that next step and directly support our work, patreon.com slash soda soccer as low as $3 a month gets you in, gets you supporting what we do, keeps us sustainable, keeps us being able to do what we're doing all season long. And again, 
We have five more patrons we want to hit before the end of the month. We're recording on April 27th. The end of the month is Sunday on April 30th. Five more patrons is our goal. It keeps us moving forward. It keeps us sustainable. It keeps us bringing this great content day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. So please support us. Please help us there. Patreon.com slash Soda Soccer. Big thanks to everybody watching and listening. We appreciate a big thanks to my co-host Carter Hoffer for stepping in this week. We'll be back next week for another edition of 10,000 Pitches. And of course, back after Minnesota United and NFC Dallas for another edition of Post Loom. Till then, have a good weekend, everybody.